Hey, my God, look at that. It's David and Beth Luckner. You know, I heard a rumor. Their marriage was a little rocky. Really? Mm -hmm. You know, I have a little thing for Beth Luckner. Well, I have to admit, I've always thought David was kind of sponge-worthy. Well, I don't want to be a secondary character. <laughs> Hello. Hello. And welcome to this week's episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. My name is Stephen. And my name is Ivan. How you doing? Good. And every week we take a Seinfeld episode, we talk about the secondary characters from it. And this week we are doing The Wait Out. The Wait Out, that's right. Season 7's penultimate episode, the one before Susan dies. So yeah. uh, we see Susan in all her glory, only in a couple of scenes, but... Uh, her demise comes in the next episode, and it's the second last episode that Larry David helped write before the finale. That's right, that's right. Or helped produce, I should say. Yeah, not a bad yeah. episode. We'll talk about what we think of it mm. throughout this podcast and a bit more at the end. Before we do, if you want to get in touch, you can email bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C podcast at gmail.com. You can check us out on all forms of social media, Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, and Facebook. Say hello. And uh, you can listen to all of our previous episodes on whatever podcast service you choose to use. Yeah, and also we're on Patreon, so if you want to send us some monies and help support the show, you get some nice goodies. Patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. And whether it is your first time listening to us or if you've been with us since day one or anything in between welcome and uh, thanks for your support and we hope you enjoy today's show yeah no we really appreciate it yeah uh all right well let's kick it off uh seinfeld isms seinfeld isms i have none this week unfortunately but okay. uh, what have you got well i've got two to make up for your lack of <laughs> nice uh the first one uh last week i went to a friend's house for dinner i was a bit early i was waiting for my partner to show up she was running a bit late from work and uh, as soon as I walked in, a Seinfeld episode started on their TV. All right, which was, cool. Uh, which very, one was it? Uh, I can't remember. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I got I got stuck in... Well, not stuck, but I, uh, I I hadn't seen these friends in a while, so I was catching up with them, but it was playing in the background, but I can't recall. You had to wait it out and yeah, see. Yeah, <laughs> I did, yeah. I, uh, I thought it would have been a bit rude to, uh, you know, delay conversation with friends I hadn't seen in a while just to watch a Seinfeld episode that I can watch at any time. But they know you do a podcast about it, so that probably makes sense. You know, yeah. if they see you do it and they're like, oh, he, well, he does a Seinfeld pod, so... I'm not even sure if they do. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, I don't know. If you're listening, they probably don't. No. But he does. Stephen does a podcast about Seinfeld. Well, they would know that because they're listening to it. <laughs> yeah. Do they? I thought you said they don't listen to it. No, but um, you're saying... You're telling them that they would know that I do it if they're listening to it. But if they're listening to it, they would know that I do it. Well, maybe so they what don't you just listen said to is, it. I don't know. Then why did... Uh, anyway. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> I'm talking shit. Yeah, it's yes. fallacy there. Indeed. Uh, the it's just these tight jeans that I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah. I can barely sit down. <laughs> you can't focus. <laughs> nah. Uh, the second one was uh, I was driving through Brunswick, which is a suburb of Melbourne on the weekend. And uh, I saw a sign for a company called Costanzo Fashions. Oh, just one letter off. Yeah. Jeez. Close enough, though. Do they, uh, do they stock uh, polo shirts or long-sleeve collared shirts tucked into jeans? Yeah, like, dadcore. Like George? Dadcore, dadcore fashion yeah. and puffy shirts as well. Nice. Oh, and, puffy shirts. Okay. And very tight yeah. paint on jeans. Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that was pretty cool. That my two Seinfeldisms for the week. Very good. Well, you've had a very interesting week in terms of Seinfeld. But I guess uh, let's divert our attention to Seinfeld news. So, Stephen, what Seinfeld-related things have happened during the week this week? Not a whole lot. Only one. And uh, it took me a little while to find something to speak about on this week's Seinfeld news. Mm -hmm. uh, but I did manage to find, and I got this from the Seinfeld Reddit page, and it was sort of buried down near the bottom. Uh, and I almost missed it. 
the Spoke Art Gallery, which is uh, in New York, is hosting a three-day Seinfeld pop-up exhibit at the Parasol Projects uh, in a part of New York called Bowery. Oh, no way. Yeah, so it goes from August 16 to August 18. Opening night is August 16 from 6 to 9 p.m., and then the gallery is open uh, on the 17th and 18th all day. Is this in conjunction with the 30th anniversary yeah, that just passed? I think so. It's yeah. not. I don't think it's an officially sanctioned event mm-hmm. uh, from you know whoever's organising the Seinfeld experience and all the other things. Yeah, yeah. But I'm sure the organisers deliberately tied it in. Uh, you can check out some of the artists who are um, showing their work there. Um, I've I've checked out their Instagram. It's spoke underscore art. And uh, the person who posted it, um, I didn't catch her name, but her personal Instagram is peanut butter jelly cat uh, on Instagram, um, or one word, <laughs> nice, and, nice. and she's contributing uh, one or two pieces to the uh, to the art show. So if you happen to be in NYC um, in a couple of weeks, August sixteen to eighteen, and you do check out the show, let us know how it was. We're uh-huh. always interested in uh, you know weird sort of Seinfeld <laughs> events that we can't go to. Very cool. Yeah, and if you've got any photos or anything, uh, chuck them up, send them. Yeah, that'd in- be awesome. Indeed, excellent. And uh, that's that's all the Seinfeld news it for this is, week. Yeah, yeah so that's usually a short one. one. Yeah, it was. Anyway, shall we just get straight into the app? Yeah, why not? All right, awesome. So our episode one hundred and twelve. Do you remember that band or that group one twelve? Uh, that no. hip hop R and B group from like the two thousands. No, no, no. Okay, no. It rings a vague bell, but <laughs> I might know a song, but fair enough. Not really. I remember ninety eight degrees. No, yeah. With uh, Nick. No, no, not Nick Carter. The guy who married Jessica Simpson. Oh, they had their own dude. reality shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I yeah he probably works in a restaurant waiting or something now. maybe yeah. yeah yeah probably a bit washed up <laughs> probably yeah maybe he's receiving uh you know financial support from Jessica Simpson he's waiting out on that yeah <laughs> nice nice I'm sure she's doing much more uh, successful than him uh, anyway so the wait out season seven episode twenty three the penultimate season seven episode like I mentioned earlier this one was first aired in the U S on May the 9th, nineteen ninety six directed by Andy Ackman written by Peter Melman and Matt Selman. George makes an offhand joke remarking to sorry, an offhand joking remark to a married couple with a rocky relationship. David, played by Kerry Ells, and Beth, played by Deborah Messing, leading to their breakup. Elaine and Jerry make plans to move in on the separated couple, but George, troubled by the results of his comment, tries to get them back together. Very uh, unusual set of circumstances, George actually feeling sorry for people. Yeah, I don't think he feels sorry for them. I think he feels sorry for himself. Okay. I think it's just rather than trying to repair something that he damaged, Mm -hmm. I think he just doesn't want to carry around the guilt. Oh, okay. So even though the byproduct of his actions are positive, he's doing it primarily for himself. For himself, Rather than them. Because you know. he doesn't want to be the one who's uh, broken up a marriage. Yeah. yeah. I reckon there's some subconscious sabotaging of Elaine and Jerry's opportunism <laughs> as well. He doesn't yeah. want, you know, because he's unhappy in his, uh, in his relationship. Yeah, exactly. You know, maybe he doesn't want Jerry and Elaine to be happy with uh, partners that they've been waiting out for years. Yeah, You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think his motivations are pure. He has, to, that he has to get them to feel forced into a relationship like him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It can't have it better if, than him. If he's miserable, they've got to be miserable. <laughs> they got to be miserable. That's how he operates. <laughs> We all know that. Uh, David makes the same remarks to George and Susan, who acts in somewhat the same way the couple did when George made it. Uh, he sees this as a hopeful sign that Susan will call off the marriage. Uh, and I love how it, right at the end he goes, I've been thinking about the wedding. And George has, you can see that smirk on his face. He puts his hand on Susan's shoulder, pretending to wait for the bad well, the bad news of breaking up. Because obviously season seven in his story arc, he's praying that Susan breaks up with him. He's trying to find every reason. To get rid of it, uh, rid of her. And uh, Susan's like, oh, I'm going to stick with the chicken. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we'll have the chicken. Yeah, it was pretty good writing. 
Yeah, really good. Because you think that oh, maybe this is finally it. Yeah, this is it. Yeah, and especially because right. the episode's main storyline is about a couple splitting up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. who are married. Yeah, not yeah. even engaged. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's uh, it's a nice sort of fuck you to the audience in a way. <laughs> it is three years is a long time to be married. Yeah, as Jerry says, it's <laughs> <laughs> a long time to be married. It's a long time to be married. Well, by this, by uh, today's standards, it kind of is. Yeah, I think the average marriage goes for what twelve years. Probably, in Australia, yeah. I think, from what I read. Yeah, Crazy. wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. That's not very long in the, yeah. in the scheme of things. Exactly. You get the big wedding, you're all excited, and then the honeymoon period's over, and then you're like, do I have to live with this bastard? Jesus. Yeah. Um. Eventually, the couple gets back together again. Susan wants to be alone for a while, which leads George to think that she could do better and presumably call off the wedding. As I mentioned, it turns out her thinking was to have chicken instead at the wedding. George is once again stuck in the engagement. Elaine starts driving again and almost makes Jerry sick. And this is the first time we see Elaine driving and I can see why we don't see it. I like when uh, she's trying to get Jerry to get out of his apartment to drive in the car and he's like, oh, I'll take the subway. I'll take, I'll the, take the bus. I'll and he's dragged off and he can't reach for his door and it's just left wide open. That's right. I'll just hitchhike. It's okay. Yeah. What's your problem? What's your problem? Drags him away. And she's and uh, how how good is that shot where, um, I'm sure it's stock footage or something, but I'll, how good is it when Elaine, it's the outside of the car and Elaine's driving, she's just about to hit that parked car and she just swerves. Mm. And then she's like, ooh, that was close. And then Jerry's like, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> It's pretty good. <laughs> My God. Do you know anyone who drives like that? Uh, yeah. So an old friend from Brisbane uh, who I haven't talked to in a long, long time. She was an awful driver. Oh, yeah? Yeah. She's actually a friend of Stacey's as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I actually met Stacey through her. <laughs> there you um, go. I won't name names. Were you in a car accident with them? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> uh, nothing ever happened. But no. I was very anxious and very on edge every time I jumped in the car. <laughs> she would just not indicate. And yeah, it was, it was pretty stressful. Wow. Yeah. I don't think anything ever happened from yeah. memory, but... Yeah, it was it was very similar to Elaine's driving and Jerry just yeah. being on edge and not not uh, you know not uh, not having much fun. I used to have a similar situation as well in uni when I was in university like twelve years ago. I had a friend who would actually tailgate even on a highway behind the next car. Uh, so so they would actually be like probably a couple of meters from the car, even at one hundred and ten. I'm like, you better back off. And she goes, oh no, it's fine. And I'm like, uh, what if they just hit the brakes? Yeah. And she's like, oh, no, it's fine. She's responsible for that. Absolutely. And I used to be really scared. Yeah. Yeah, scary. Tailgaters are the one thing. I'm I'm pretty calm on the road. And if someone does something, I might get angry for half a second just in that knee-jerk reaction. But I, I just think there's nothing I can do inside my car. No. And, you know, if I just back off and they drive away, problem's gone. That's right. I try and sort of control it rather than let it control me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But tailgaters are the one thing that I get really, really pissed off at. That if I'm, and if littering. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I know you don't like your litter. No, I don't. No, you hate it. What do you hate it? Environmentalist. But yeah, tailgaters are shit too. So if yeah. you tailgate, please stop. Mm. Don't do it. Yep. Uh, Kramer starts wearing tight jeans. He calls them dungarees because he likes the slim fit. He calls them streamlined. I have the body of a tot. What does he say? Jeez. Oh, I had the Swedish boy. Yeah, preteen Swedish boy. Preteen Swedish boy. And I love how he's trying to pull the words out of the air. He's like a tot, preteen. Swedish boy. Yeah. That's good. Um, however, they're so tight he can't get them off, nor can he sit down. Kramer helps Mickey uh, Mickey Abbott with his actor's studio audition, but due to the jeans, he's unable to sit, causing Mickey to improvise the scene unintentionally. Later that evening, a resident, Mrs. Sanfino, played by uh, Zanfino, played by Diana Castle, asks Kramer to babysit her son Joey, played by Todd Bosley, but the child mistakes Kramer's stilted gait due to the jeans as that of Frankenstein's monster. Kramer, after getting Mickey to substitute for the kid, uh, runs after him but is arrested by a cop, Alan Harvey, who thinks Kramer is trying to kidnap the boy. He again faces problems in the interrogation room due to the genes that render him unable to sit. What are you, deaf? I told you to sit down. (laughs) Happens to him twice. 
So good, eh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're spaced out. No, I'm just <laughs> looking at the sound file. Yeah, looking at the waveforms. <laughs> it, it all seems okay. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. The only secondary character uh, also includes uh, Nicole Ton Cantines. Uh, she plays Barbara, who's Mickey's fiance, and uh, they end up getting married in the Adiana. So there you go. Mm. Uh, trivia for the episode. I only have a couple of bits of trivia, mate. Uh, what have you got? Yeah, so in the scene where Jerry is trying to pull the jeans off Kramer's body, um, Kramer sort of flips back and it looks painful. It looks awkward. Yeah. And I have back issues, so I can kind of feel it in my back. You know when you see like a like a sports injury or something and you're just like, ooh. You haven't had a swim in the Yarra River? You know, <laughs> it's inspired by the nap. You haven't had a swim in the no, river? No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> uh, he, uh, during filming, uh, Michael actually hurt his back during that scene. But, yeah, it was uh, quite physical, wasn't it? There was a lot of slapstick in this episode. Definitely, yeah. yeah more than was, usual. Yeah, a yeah. bit more physical comedy than normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, he was still able to finish the episode um, and no word on, well, I couldn't find any information on, you know, whether it was a permanent injury or just like a short-term thing. Yeah. Um, you know, being towards the end of the season, if it was produced towards the end of the season, I'm sure he would have had some time to recover if it was and rest, something yeah. a bit more serious. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Michael's a trooper. So that hobbling may not have actually been acting, you know, yeah. how he like limps out of the apartment. Maybe the jeans were a blessing because it kept his posture nice and straight, you know. <laughs> it kept all his bones in. Yeah. <laughs> so none of them like broke or fell out. <laughs> um, I got another uh, trivia fact. So Julia Louis-Dreyfus, she won her first Emmy for her work on this episode. She had been nominated five years prior, five years in a row prior, and two years after that for uh, Seinfeld. And she's also won Emmys, of course, for The New Adventures of Old Christine and Veep. But this is her first win Hmm. based off the back of this episode. And I Hmm. thought it was a really good episode for Elaine. Yeah. Very scheming, very conniving, and, uh, yeah, great performance by JLD. Yeah, I I would say that she's a star in the app in terms of storyline. I think so, too. And Jerry, actually, I'll give credit to Jerry as well. I thought he Hmm. did really well in this episode, too. Yeah. I thought acting-wise he did all right. Yeah, no, he was pretty good, actually. He was pretty good. He was a good accomplice to uh, Elaine. Yeah, I was going to say, he was mostly following Elaine's lead. That's right. Elaine pulls all the strings, and Jerry just follows, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Really, really good by Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. No, good episode all around in terms of acting and writing. Yeah, absolutely. development. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Uh, Do you have any other trivia? Yeah, uh, you'll like this one. One of your favourite movies, Hot Shots. There's a bit of a trivia fact about it. Carrie Ells and Heidi Swedberg, who played Susan, both were in the movie. Oh, they were too. Yeah. Yep. So there you go. I don't mind Hot Shots. Hot Shots 2 is actually my favourite. Oh, Hot Shots, Hot Shots 2. Part de. Oh, right, right, yeah. right. Okay. But Hot Shots 1 is still good. Oh, but there you in go, a, yeah. in a rare, uh, uh, it's a rare case of a sequel being better than the original. Right, like The Godfather. Yeah, or, or Ace Terminator. <laughs> or no. Ter- not quite. No. <laughs> no. Terminator, yeah. So many people say that Ace Ventura, when H calls, is better than the original. It's much and more so silly. so many people are yeah. wrong. It's much more silly. But yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. Someone I could I could never figure out why I didn't like it as much, and then someone was like, "They're both weird. They're both slapsticky. They're both <laughs> kind of you know they're Ace Ventura. It's Jim Carrey. Yeah, but the first one is aimed at adults. The second one is aimed at kids. I'm like that <laughs> makes so much more sense. Yeah, yeah. Because the, the second one has no sort of. I don't know themes of sex, or it's it's just a bit more toned down. Mm, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's why I don't like it as much. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, what was I talking about? Oh, a uh, trivia fact. Yes. Yeah, so they were in uh, in Hot Shots, like mm-hmm. I mentioned, and uh, yeah, that's all the trivia that I have. Mm. Let's take a really quick break, and when we come back, we will talk about some secondary characters. We'll talk about Beth. Uh, her husband, David, uh, then Mrs. Zanfino, uh, Kramer's neighbour, and her son, Joey, uh, who make their first appearance in the series. Uh, do you have any notes on other characters? Uh, look, I've got a couple on Mickey. He's got his own What's the Deal episode. That's right, yeah. Uh, if you want to go back and listen to that. And just a couple on Susan, because they both appear in the episode, but uh, nothing too much. All right. We'll be back. Hi. 
Hi, this is Zach and Aaron from Seinfeld Law, and uh, you are listening to But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. Our first secondary character for today's episode, The Wait Out, uh, is Beth. So she appears twice in the season, Steve. Uh, she's played by the wonderful Deborah Missing. She's a great actress, isn't she? Yeah, she's really good in Will and Grace. Oh, absolutely, and that's what I was going to say. Main role. That's right. She does play uh, Grace Adler in the sitcom Will and Grace. That's her most famous role. Uh, she's been nominated for an Emmy five times for Will and Grace, and she won in 2003. Huh. Uh, she's been nominated also for seven Golden Globes for the same role. Uh, one as recently as 2019 after the series revival last year. Okay. Were you much of a fan of Will and Grace? Oh, at the time I remember watching some episodes and I, I did enjoy it somewhat. It was a very pioneering show. Yeah. I mean, to the Two well, the main character is obviously a, a gay man, mm. and one the supporting uh, character is a gay man as well. Um, and it was yeah, it's just very pioneering. I guess Ellen kind of laid the foundations in her show, and then Will and Grace kind of followed. I think it was the right time for it. Yeah, I no, think it's, it's actually a very funny show as well. Yeah, no, yeah, Ellen, I don't, don't mind it. Ellen's uh, homosexuality was kind of second place to the comedy of the show, whereas Will and Grace, Will's homosexuality was front and center. Mm. You know, it was. Uh, an openly gay lead character. Yeah, that's from right. from the start. It wasn't like a big deal that he was gay. It was just like this is who I am, and this is the show. Yeah, but it factored more into the comedy. Whereas I think Ellen's homosexuality was a bit more. It was there. It was talked about. Yeah, but it was sort of in the background. It was yeah yeah. yeah it was it hiding, wasn't yeah. as prevalent. It wasn't as prevalent. No. Yeah. So it, even compared to Ellen, I would say that it was it pushed it forward even more. Yeah. Absolutely. Ellen started it, and this sort of you know nudged, and, nudged mm, it forward. Yeah, and it opened the doors for other LGBTIQ. Uh, shows and uh, programs. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and uh, what was I going to say? I was, oh, was going to say something about Will and Grace. Oh, yes. Uh, Jonathan Wolfe, who composed the Seinfeld theme, also composed Will and Grace. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, there you go. I'm sure that's been mentioned in one of our podcasts. I just can't remember. Yeah, that's okay. Well, we, Jonathan does... I have mentioned in the past that Jonathan does actually comment on our posts on Instagram. So yeah. I'm, I'm hoping he listens to this podcast. But, yeah, he does the Will and Grace theme as well. Who knows? Who knows? When we eventually interview him, uh, <laughs> if he agrees to that, yeah, we'll get, ask him. Get back to us, yeah? Please. Yeah. Um, so, Deborah She's also appeared in films, including uh, The Wedding Date, Along Came Polly and The Women. Um, and she's also been nominated for a Globe and an Emmy for her role in TV series The Starter Wife. And I did mention she does appear once again in The Yada Yada from Season 8 as Jerry's love interest. She's not with David in the episode. Uh, but she reveals herself to be a racist and anti-Semite during Mickey's wedding. Uh, I guess we won't delve too much into that. We'll wait probably till that episode but yeah. uh, I guess let's talk about Beth in the context of the wait out so uh, she's a physician used to be Don Mattingly's doctor which uh, surprises George I, I think she was specifically a sports physician I think so too yeah. that's what she yeah. specialised in she's involved sports in sports injuries. science yeah sports injuries yes yep. I think so too uh, yeah the fact that she actually worked for the Yankees at the time you know being their doctor obviously she would have quit before George was employed there but uh, yeah very lucrative thing and I, I'm guessing she probably I don't know exactly how the sports medicine field works, but I'm sure she probably started in smaller clubs or got experience and then worked her way up. I, I assume that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know much about it either, but I'm going to guess that maybe a lot of it is based on reputation. Like maybe she was treating sports people outside of uh, actually working for a sports club. And oh, then, okay. And then, yeah. you know, maybe yeah. a sports person, you know, maybe her, her therapy or her practice helped a sports person recover beyond the expectations of the team. Oh, and then you she know, got then noticed. She, yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, much like sports people. I yeah, think it's yeah. I think it's to do with uh, you know, your reputation precedes you sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, sure. And then you get picked up because of what you do. And then uh, I, I don't know well, I know Don Mattingly was in the Yankees. I don't know what era, but uh must have been, I guess, pretty recently. I mean yeah, she's not eighties or nineties, I oh, guess. maybe, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um but yeah, the fact that, you know, she was his doctor, I mean to George, that's a revelation. 
You know, it's yeah, incredible the fact that she's really skilled like that. Yeah, no, he's genuinely impressed with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and um, yeah, she seems to uh, break up with David because she doesn't like the fact that David asks himself questions, you know? I think that's one of them. his many... That was just an example of one of his many quirks. Yeah. She, she mentions quirks, plural. Plural, yes. About uh, how they're starting to get on her nerves. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, sorry, Um, she makes a great point to George saying, sometimes someone like you has to come into my life mm. and uh, put things into perspective. I'm just paraphrasing. I forgot what exactly what she says. But, you know, the fact that she says, you know, George, obviously that she knew George prior to uh, him meeting David. But, uh, yeah, she's obviously like, yeah, George, you've actually given me, you know, a better understanding of David. Yeah. Know? And I think as well, um, I mean, I've been in those situations where you just feel frustrated or upset or just not happy with the situation. You can't really articulate why. Um, it's just a general sense of frustration or dissatisfaction. And then sometimes someone says something or you read something or it just it's a bit of a eureka moment. Yeah. And it just sums up all of your complicated feelings in, in a really simple way. So, uh, yeah, I, I understand how she feels. She's probably She was probably unhappy in the marriage for a little while. Mm. Or maybe she was unhappy in life, but she couldn't pinpoint it to the marriage. Yeah, you know, yeah. maybe she just maybe she was like, maybe it's work, maybe it's my friends, maybe it's me, maybe it's the marriage. And then George's comment just really sort of shines a light on, oh no, wait, it is actually the marriage. Yeah, yeah. everything else is good, but I'm just not happy with David. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. So that really affected her for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, so how do you think they met? I mean, we'll talk about David after this, but how do you think they met? Because oh. she was, he was an insurance salesman. Maybe so. they met. Maybe he tried to sell her, you know, medical indemnity insurance or something like that. Oh, I mean, okay. doctors yeah, generally yeah. take out their own personal insurance. They do, yes, to yes. cover malpractice and and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. I don't know. That could have been. That could have been a potential meeting. That could have been it. Yeah, okay. you know, or maybe, maybe she, she was really lonely and went on speed dates or yeah. something and happened to find him. And yeah, maybe because I I'm guessing from what I can surmise, Beth is the more outgoing, confident mm. one, and David's the more introverted. Yeah. Nervous. Even though he's a salesman, I think personally he's probably just a really introverted, inward kind of person. You know, yeah. he probably likes keeping to himself. So I think Beth kind of helped. You know, because you see couples who usually there's the one extrovert, which mm. uh, which is your partner. <laughs> it's not you. Yeah. Uh, and obviously the the introvert, and uh, you know they kind of play off each other really well. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No. Look, I I didn't think about the dynamics, but that kind of makes sense. Um, I think. When George commented on the fact that, uh, you know, Beth could quote unquote do better, I think he really hit a nerve with David. And maybe that is something that had been playing uh, on their relationship for a little while. Like maybe that had arguments about, um, you know, the fact that she earns a lot more money. Yeah, I think it, so. It too. shouldn't be yeah. important in relationships, but for some reason, it is to some people. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's almost like a competition where it should just be, do we work as a couple? Yes. Then yeah. who gives a shit how much money you earn? And especially with David, because his, I'd imagine his income would probably be really unstable. He's probably mm. on a really low base mm. and he only gets commissions and that's the majority of his pay. Yep. So the fact that Beth gets, you know, a guaranteed salary and perks because of her job, I'd imagine six figures, you know, based on her work, working, you know, previously for the Yankees, but another organisation. I, yeah, I think, absolutely, I think that kind of affects the relationship too. I mean, if, if your partner is, man or woman regardless, you know, is earning more, you kind of do feel, not jealous, but I mean, what's the word would you describe? I mean, you feel a bit... Maybe insecure? Insecure, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I can't relate to that. I've never been able to understand that. It's just like, I don't know... It, I mean, I understand that people do, and yeah. I can understand how people would, mm. but I personally can't relate to that. Yeah, you know, if, yeah. If if I was with someone who was on five hundred grand a year and I was on thirty grand a year, as long as we love each other and we're 
in a healthy, good relationship, that shit to me personally is just not that important. No, it's not a big deal. But I'm, I'm as long getting, as you're both you doing know, something you love, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the pay comes second, I guess. I think I'm getting a bit ahead of myself with David, but I think if your partner earns a lot more money than you, you're probably worried in case if you do break up, what will happen financially? Yeah. But you've gone from that massive tax you know, bracket and then suddenly you lose that money from them leaving. Yeah. What do you be stuck with? Yeah. You know? No, I mean, yeah, again, I personally can't relate to that, but I'm no, sure, no, I'm, but I'm sure a lot of people, no. uh, you know, would worry about that. Yeah. It's like I'm used to a certain lifestyle and if uh, a major source of that lifestyle is gone. Yeah, for whatever reason, bit death of a, or bit of a downgrade. divorce or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Anyway. Maybe maybe it plays on David as well. We're kind of just like organically <laughs> we're moving into David. Into David and, yeah, I guess Beth and David are almost like one character. Yeah, even though they're separate in most of this episode, yeah. it is based purely on their relationship yeah. or the failure of their relationship and then uh, reconciliation. But maybe maybe it plays on David as well. Maybe he has sort of more traditional ideas of masculinity, you know, mm-hmm. that males are supposed to earn more or be the breadwinner. Yeah, maybe. And that, you know, makes him feel a bit emasculated. Yeah. You know, um, who knows? And maybe he's also, as well as the income difference, the fact that he's obviously a baseball fan. Yeah. And the fact that, uh, you know, maybe Beth doesn't even really care about baseball. Mm. She's just working for the Yankees because it's a well-paying, uh, high-profile job. And as long as there's sweaty athletes who need help, she's there. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Who cares what, about you, the rest? Like, do you think he's threatened about? Are you saying that he would feel threatened over over the fact that she's working on like sweaty sports? Oh people? no, 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 that's oh, not what okay. I mean. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just saying, like, she, you know, he's he's just selling insurance, and then right. she's working with. No, no, no. The fact that they're oh, athletes okay. isn't a big deal. No, no. But what I'm saying is, she's doing that while he's selling insurance. I think he's more insecure at the fact that what if something happened to Beth, mm. or you know, what if they broke up? I'd go from my three-bedroom townhouse or, you know, whatever they've got in Upper West Side yep. to, like, a one-bedroom flat. A Jerry <laughs> yeah. flat. Yeah, a Jerry, a Jerry flat. I mean, probably not even, maybe less than that. True. You know, in the Bronx or whatever the dodgy area is these days in New York. Yeah. I don't know. I go by, I go by films. Like, I don't know New York. So sure. Whatever the dodgy area is in New York. Well, this is, like, 1996, so yeah. it's, a lot's probably changed. Yeah, I'd imagine so. A lot, lot of gentrification. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean... <laughs> That's all I had about Beth. But like I said, we do find out that she is indeed a racist yeah. and anti-Semitic. But we'll wait for that in the yada yada. Yep. But it's good how they don't... I like how they don't reveal it, you know, until the yada yada. Mm. You know, if they gave, like, wisps and hints and then suddenly you don't see them for, like, another season, I think that would have been a bit, you know... Well, yeah. would have just forgotten everything about it. It reduces that. the impact of it because Jerry's so keen on her and he finally gets her and then it turns out that she's a horrible person, even yeah. more horrible than him. Yeah. If they hinted at it, I don't think Jerry would have been as keen on her. Do you think it would have been too much if Beth featured in only The Wait Out, but her arc went across that, mm. instead of spreading it across two? Because I yeah. think my understanding is Deborah Messing, she just landed the role of Will and Grace around that time or a bit after, yep. and then she went straight into it, I think, 98, I think, when it started, yep. 99, Sounds about around right. that time. Yeah, so I think, obviously... If she didn't get the role, maybe they would have brought Beth back earlier, yeah. I'd probably say, or somehow, or maybe she would have featured in a few episodes. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I think so. But just uh, about your uh, answering your first question, yeah, yeah. if they covered their divorce or the separation and reconciliation and then her being anti-Semitic and racist, it would have just felt a bit tacked on. A bit tacked on, yeah. Because like that, that, that is a major plot point. Yes. And to just do that at the end, it's like, oh, by the way, she's also racist and anti-Semitic. It's like, okay, like what? Yeah, what's like, that got to do with it? It's unresolved. Yeah. Unless unless so, they just crammed it into the episode, absolutely. it would feel a bit too too busy, I think. Yeah, yeah. so it worked out in the fact yeah. that they left it, mm. you know, till later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see a situation in terms of writing where maybe the, the situation was flipped and David was thinking about... Um, uh, you know, like if 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 um if what 
if, yeah. if, if Beth said something anti-Semitic or racist in the diner in front of George or to Jerry or something like that, and then George said to David, I'm like, you know, you can do better than her. She's a racist. And then, you know, something like and that. Then, and then David was revealed to be a member of the Ku Klux Klan. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, David Duke incarnate. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, David, I agree with these principles. David David Lochner is uh, David Duke's apprentice. I only sell insurance to the white man. Oh. That's what he'd say. <laughs> That'd be a bit much, wouldn't it? I think so. <laughs> I think so too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, so that's all I had about Beth. Well, I guess in this uh, episode, uh, did you have anything else? No, that's really about it. Mm. Um, I just had a couple of extra things on David. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, before I do, you do get into those. Okay. I'll just mention he's played by um, British actor Kerry Ells, as I mentioned earlier. Um, he's most famous for playing Wesley in the 1987 fantasy film The Princess Bride, one of my favourite childhood Classic films. Film. Yeah, one of my favourites of the 80s. Uh, he's also appeared in another film which I really enjoyed, Robin Hood Men in Tights, the Love Mel that. Brooks uh, satire film. Uh, other, other than Blazing Saddles, I'd say that that's Mel Brooks' best work. I think so too. Definitely. Um, and, and Dave Chappelle's in it too. Yeah, he is. He plays, uh, was it Achoo? Achoo. And Isaac Hayes plays as Neith. Uh, his, his father, Isaac, is Hayes. Isaac Hayes. Isaac Hayes, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I am a sneeze, father of a Jew. <laughs> Bless you. No, 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 no. A Jew is my son. He's in England, your country. Your country, yeah. And, um, he's, and he's like, and then uh, when Carrie's, you know, when he sees um, uh, a Jew getting beaten up by the by the English um, guards or yeah, the English yeah, yeah, yeah. soldiers, he goes, a Jew? Like, you know, is that you, a chew? And then the English guards turn around to Robin Hood and just go in, in unison, bless you. <laughs> bless <laughs> you. so good. It's so good, yeah. And no, definitely some of Mel Brooks' best there. Um, so, Kerry, he's also appeared in the films uh, also Saw, uh, Liar, Liar, and Kiss the Girls. Uh, he's also featured in TV shows such as Family Guy and Psych. And most recently, he played the mayor in Stranger Things Season 3. Yeah, I think we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago yeah. when, when uh, that came out. Yeah, because you see, like, in the first scene, I think it may be the second episode, when he appears or whatever and yeah you see like the back shot of him the, his head and he turns around it's him I was really yeah. shocked I was like oh perfect at first I was like oh that guy looks a lot like Carrie, Carrie Ells and, yeah. then, and then I looked on uh, Wikipedia or IMDB and it was and it was there you go yes yeah, so he, he looks pretty good for his age he does he's probably in his 60s I didn't get his date of birth yeah but, 50s or 60s or 60s yeah anyway you had a couple more bits about David we kind of amalgamated Beth and David a little bit didn't yeah, we yeah we, we did about him, but, but that's okay yeah I, I guess do you have anything about David as an individual uh, no, not really. No, not really. Um, but what were the other two things? Uh, the fact that he... I think he... Maybe the fact that he was so touched by Elaine's, even though it was fake and manipulative, her openness, you know, because she said we should be open with them and appeal to their emotions to sort of convince them to stay with us. Uh, I think maybe he came from, like, a broken family. Right, um, yeah. Because yeah. Elaine, Elaine talks about how their father abandoned them and he's like oh that's so touching like he's he's moved by Elaine's emotional honesty so he feels empathy yeah maybe he can relate to it okay sure so he, he came from a broken home yeah I think whereas, so whereas I guess Beth came from a more privileged you know or just a background. more stable background stable I guess. Yeah, yeah 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 sure yep ah okay interesting yeah. so he kind of had to work to get where he was yeah I think so yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if it set him at a disadvantage like you know economically but just you know, that can be a pretty deep scar for a lot of people or a deep wound, um, you know, if parents split up, especially if it's a loving family mm. and then that's not there anymore. That's that's a pretty big uh, pretty big thing. I think that David's an underachiever. Mm. I think he's got above average intelligence and he's very charismatic when he wants to be. Uh, but I think that he 
I guess maybe because of his childhood, he lucked out. Yeah. And maybe he just doesn't have the confidence or motivation to, you know, go to college or, you know, do anything advanced. So he just sells insurance. Yeah. Just to get by. No offense to all the insurance salespeople no. out there. Someone's got to do it. Or yeah. salespeople. Yeah, someone's got to do it. Um, But yeah, I think he just, he's an underachiever. Yeah. That's why I see it. Yeah. I don't think, if he is an underachiever, I don't think it's through uh, lack of wanting to achieve more I just don't think he thinks he can no that's you know, right it, it's, it's a lack of confidence lack rather of, than a lack yep. of ability lack of self-belief and confidence yep, yeah absolutely yeah and yep. that might be related to you know a broken home or a not so stable upbringing yeah you know, whatever that looked like and Beth definitely controls the relationship between the two yeah I think so, yeah, she, I think so. she wears the pants oh, yes yeah, so to speak <laughs> yeah um, yeah <laughs> not not the tight jeans <laughs> like yeah. Kramer yeah sit down Beth and okay. uh I think that also is the reason why as soon as Beth knocks on the door, he's just immediately, you know, back in to the relationship. I mean, they both are. Yeah. Um, but I think just the idea of losing that stability that maybe he lacked in his uh, younger life was just a bit too much. Yeah. And, you know, even though he enjoys spending time with Elaine and he appreciates her emotional honesty, I think he can see enough of what he doesn't want in Elaine. Mm-hmm. You know, because Elaine is successful and smart and would probably make an awesome girlfriend or wife you know to to him or for him but i you know i mean she's not a very nice person i guess you know and i think he can perceive that yeah so when he has the opportunity to uh go back to to um to beth yeah you know he that's it's not just familiarity it's also stability stability as well well. you know absolutely and and you're having someone to grow up with and yeah you know be be with for the rest of your life I guess that kind of leads me to the question, and we didn't really touch it when we um, uh, talked about Beth just before. Why do you think she was so keen to get back with David? I mean, she had such a she was so firm on leaving him, mm. and then she had such a change of heart. I, I don't know. It was a it was a pretty big like to mm. she was just like don't want to be with him, and then all of a sudden, no, I actually do want to be with him. Do you think it was maybe just cold feet, or do you think it was a genuine change of feelings? Oh, good question. Ah. Uh... I'd probably say that it was probably a bit of cold feet. Okay. Um, I'm just throwing it out there, but yeah, I think with David, she had like an attraction to him. Obviously, Kerry Ells is a very good-looking yeah, man, so I can imagine that. Bit of a hottie. He is, yeah. My so, sister used to when uh, when Men in Tights came out. My sister and I used to watch it all the time. Ah, oh, and she, she used to watch him in the tights, eh? Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I'm sure it helped. <laughs> when did that come out? Like '94. So oh yeah. '94, '95. Yeah, yeah. So my sister would have been, you know, like 14, 15. Right. Um, at that age. Yeah. So you know, she was very much into into a <laughs> into Carrie. Carrie yeah, 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 she had definitely a teenage girl crush on him. Yeah, I think there was a lot of physical attraction, and obviously Deborah Messing's a nice-looking lady as well. So mm. you know, usually have good-looking people get together. <laughs> usually the case. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, he she probably realised. I think despite her racist and anti-Semitic views, which, like I said, it doesn't play any bearing on this episode. Maybe she found out Jerry was Jewish. She's like, Ooh. oh. Yes. Even though it's not shown in the episode. Yes. Maybe she's like, oh, I like Jerry, but it's Jewish. Yeah. No thanks. Okay, let's go with that. Okay. Yes, because she's anti-Semitic. That lines up. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Cool. There you go. That's why. Nice. And she prefers white, strapping white men. She prefers Christian men. Christian men. White or Christian men. non-Jewish men. That's right. Yes. Yep. Um, what, what do they call uh, um, anti, no, gen- Gentiles. Non-Gentiles. Non-gent- I think Gentiles are Jewish people, I think. Aren't Gentiles like a, a denomination of Christianity? I thought that was Or is Jewish. that just like a... I don't know. Is that a coverall term for non-Jewish people? I'm not sure. I mean, we have some Jewish listeners, so okay. uh, let us know what what is Gentile. Is Gentile Jewish or non-Jewish? I, I forgot which one it is. I always thought Gentiles were like a subsect of 
Christian Christianity, oh, you know, okay. like oh. Protestants or oh, you know Seventh Day sure. Adventists, or it was just like another sort of subcategory of the general yeah. religion. I don't, I don't want to fan any flames, no, but no, no. Uh, yeah, if if you know what that is, let us know. I don't think we're fanning flames. We're just no, trying no. to we're trying to understand what they are, what they are, or yes, who they are, definitely. not what they are. <laughs> okay, let's go by that. Yeah, that's the easy way out. Yes, <laughs> cool. absolutely, that's the easy option. They are people who do things with other people. That's right, and uh, yeah, Deborah, and they probably have arms and legs and faces and emotions. That's right, and they're human beings. Yes, Homo sapiens. Yes. Yes, that's right. <laughs> and um, they have families and jobs. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. No, I, I guess in the context of this episode, I think Beth may have had cold feet mm. and maybe she understood, after thinking of it even further, she understood that despite David's flaws, he's still a good guy. Mm. And, you know, let's, even though she's doing, she's the breadwinner in the relationship, that doesn't matter to her. She, uh, she loves him. Yep. Deep down. Yep. But ultimately, it was her anti-Semitism that oh. uh, drove it back into David's arms. I'd say so, yes. Yep. Uh, anyway, so that's Beth and David. Uh, Mrs. Zanfino, shall we talk about her? Yeah. Yes. She's played by Diana Castle, a known for appearing in the films Planes, Trains and Automobiles and Picket Fences. Uh, and also, she's been in the TV show The X-Files. Uh, she would appear again in Season 8's The Foundation, along with her son, Joey. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Mrs. Zanfino, I noticed that she... Do you notice when uh, Kramer walks through the halls? You notice that there's, like, another couple of rooms? No. So... I didn't really pay attention. No, so you know how um, in the apartment buildings, usually Jerry and Kramer's have, have one-bedroom apartments? Yeah. If you notice outside of Joey's room where you see Kramer walk, it's like a hallway with a couple of other doors. Mm. So she must have, like, a bigger apartment or something. She must, I, yeah. I'm guessing that building has, like... You know, different configurations of apartments. That's or, pretty normal. Yeah, it's pretty Most normal. Most apartment yeah. buildings have, you know, one, two, and three bedrooms. Yeah. Like bigger buildings like that. Yeah, so either she's a successful businesswoman or entrepreneur or something in her own right, or she's married or something. I'm not, I'm not sure. Maybe rent controlled. Maybe rent controlled, yeah. yeah. Maybe they can't charge up to a certain amount. And if she has a child, that kind of helps. I don't know. Um, But yeah, I mean, I don't see much of her. You know, she obviously knows Kramer, and I could imagine. Well, do you think Kramer has babysat Joey before? Probably I think not. So. Yeah, or maybe. Well, think so. she 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 seems to be the first one he comes to. Uh, sorry, he seems to be the first one she comes to. Yeah. Um, you know when she asks him. So I think there is a history there for sure. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, but it's surprising. Yeah, I I don't know. It's hard to tell. I I would say yes. Okay. I mean, what else is Kramer going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, cool. other than cook up some harebrained schemes, is just babysitting kids. <laughs> Doesn't have right. a job to go to. That's right. That's <laughs> this right. Is prior to Kramerica Industries. So. <laughs> you know I mean? That's right. Yes, before uh, his poor apprentice got arrested <laughs> in the voice, um, and took the <laughs> took the jails. Uh, Daryl, Darren, Daryl. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember. Name, yeah, he took took the uh, jail sentence for Kramer. <laughs> poor bastard. Um, yeah, uh, I don't really have much on her. I mean, she's yeah, she does appear again in season eight in, in a bit part, but the only the yeah. other point I had about her is I think she's a single mum. Like she oh, never, okay, she yeah, never yeah. talks about a partner or a father to Joey. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I reckon she's a you know single mum doing yeah. it tough. Doing it tough. Yeah, raising, the, raising Joey. Living in a three-bedroom apartment, That's I it. assume. Yeah, yeah. Right, good on her. Uh, cool, yeah, she's doing it tough. And, uh, yeah, she just has to go out and do some things and, yeah, trust Kramer. Yeah. Okay, that's all I can say, yeah. <laughs> really. I got a bit more on Joey, though. Uh, so, shall we get into... Yeah, Joey? sure. Yeah. All right, he's played by Todd Bosley. Uh, he's known mostly for his work as a child actor uh, in films including The Little Giants and Jack. Uh, he's also appeared in later life in TV shows including Scrubs, The O.C. and Game Shakers. He was also in Weeds. Weeds, oh, yeah, When yeah, I was looking through his credits, yeah, yeah, yeah. I took note of that because I love that show. Oh, cool. Do you know his character that he plays? Yeah, he plays a one-off character. He oh. sells fake IDs when they're in, I think, Seattle, and they're trying to go to Canada. Oh, okay, and he sure. Sells them fake passports or something like that. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, it's just like this weird kid who lives at home and, and <laughs> prints off passports and 
just sells them for yeah. cash. Okay. Something like that. Yeah. Cool. This is what happens when you're traumatized at a young age. Because yeah. <laughs> of Frankenstein. You can't leave the house. So That's he's right. making a living by selling fake documents. That's right. And uh, as like Miss Sanfino, uh, he also will appear again in The Foundation in Season 8. Uh, he plays one of Kramer's fellow karate classmates, mm. which uh, Kramer kicks all their asses, <laughs> all those little kids. And they get their vengeance back on him later on. They do. They do. Um, yeah, Joey, I think he probably woke up from a nightmare, to be honest. Because around that episode, how old do you think it would have been? Eight, nine? Yeah, yeah. I'd say between eight and ten. Eight and ten. I think he probably woke up from a bad dream. Mm. Or maybe, you know how sometimes when you dream, you kind of, when you hear noises or something in the background, it kind of incorporates into your dream? I think you probably heard Kramer lurching around, and then he probably imagined Frankenstein's monster. You know, maybe he watched a Frankenstein movie on TV or read a comic or something, and he, he had nightmares about it. And I think when he woke up, because you know how sometimes when you have a dream, and you imagine it, and then you wake up. Like, say, you know, sometimes I have dreams where my teeth fall out. Yep. And then as soon as I wake up for, like, the first 10 seconds, i got to feel around my mouth. I know what you, you mean, know, yeah. You get that feeling as well? Yeah, you super, yeah. you sort of superimpose the abstraction of your dream onto hard reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. there's that sort of interaction for a little while. And, yeah. then, and then when you sort of, you know, you become fully conscious, you go, oh, wait, it was just a dream. I, I It's just, it's something I forgot that I like happened in my life when I was a kid but mm. I used to be terrified of the second Aliens film oh, um, oh I can watch yeah, it now it's yeah, a classic yeah. film oh but, absolutely but you know it's, it's, it's more action orientated yeah, yeah but yeah, it's still yeah. kind of dark and creepy like a lot of it's based on suspense and you know it's like an action film crossed with a suspenseful sort of thriller horror film yeah 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 um, you know and the aliens like jump out of the dark and it's it's, it's quite a grim like colour palette and stuff it's, yeah. it's you know it's it's not a Brighton sort of Sash- Sacherine film, film. Yeah, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, oh, there you go. So you're yeah. scared of aliens. Yeah, and yeah. I remember when I was like, I don't know, probably eight or six or eight or something like that. As I was falling asleep, if I was thinking about the aliens, I'd get a bit creeped out. And like, um, uh, like, like Joey, Joey, yeah, when he hears noises, rather than just going, oh, it's probably you know, dad getting up to go to the toilet or just the general house uh, house noises, I used to imagine fearfully that aliens were like hiding oh, in the house or yeah. in the roof and they were going to come down and get me and stuff. I so, guess we're all at that point, yeah. you know, in, in that time of our lives. But I think Joey may have had a dream about a yeah. monster chasing him or something. Yeah. And then in that moment, if he hadn't heard or seen Kramer's silhouette, you know, hadn't heard Kramer or seen his silhouette and woke up and you said, oh, it's Kramer, that's all right. But the fact he was walking like Frankenstein's monster, yep. I think that kind of reinforced the fact that maybe Joey's dream could have been reality. For and sure. And then he freaked out and he... You know, he runs past Kramer, but I think he was so scared that he didn't see it was Kramer. Yeah. I think well, he just kept running and running and running. Fear makes you, know? you see things that aren't there. Yeah, that's right. You know, fear causes yeah. sort of visual delusions and stuff. So That's right. And then being a young boy, he was traumatized and yeah. he ended up running to the cop. He's he got mad. so scared he ran out of the house. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the babysitter. I'm the babysitter. <laughs> I know. And then he gets arrested, Kramer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, that's what I think of Joey. Yeah, just an average kid. And, uh, yeah, I think... It was just a bad timing, really. Yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Definitely yeah. an amalgamation of, uh, you know, bad dreams and, and just, you know, non-events in in, 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 uh, in the real world yeah. causes, yeah, your imagination to go wild. That's right. Now, a bit about Mickey Abbott. We have done a What's the Deal with special episode on the character, but he's played by Danny Woodburn. Uh, so what do you have to say about Mickey in this one? Uh, I can't remember exactly what we said about uh, Mickey in his own What's the Deal episode. Um, but I don't remember him being like he's a pretty confident, you know, almost aggressive, angry man. Um, 
but in this episode, he, you know, he's introduced in this episode, and he's is actually is, is this his first appearance? No, I think he was in the stand-in for the. Oh, first that's right. Episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's been, I think, in the least couple because there's that whole story arc with Kramer and him dating those two girls. Mm. Barbara's one of the girls. Remember how they don't know which girl to date? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just, yeah. I just couldn't remember if that was before or after oh, no, this episode. I, that was after. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah, you were saying about Mickey. So yeah, he. Um. Yeah, he's yeah. quite nervous at the start. You know, like when uh when he first walks into Jerry's apartment and they're talking about the scene that they're going to act right, in. That's he's right. He's actually quite apprehensive and nervous, which is not. You know, he's always like this confident, sort of brash yeah. man. You know, he's quite aggressive, and I, I just don't remember talking about that no. aspect of his personality that he. I think we talked about how acting means a lot to him. Yeah. But I don't think we talked about how he displayed such obvious nervousness. I think the fact is that he was auditioning for Inside the Actors Studio, which mm. at the time was not a huge TV show, but it was, it was quite prestigious. It was quite prestigious. The fact that if you go on that show, that's quite good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, yeah, I think he was probably nervous about that. You know, going for like a big thing. Yeah. You know, True. And, and not all like, not all actors are all confident people. A lot of them are really shy. For sure. Like they, you struggle sometimes to speak to some of them. That's but true. when they get into character, they're. Amazing. Yeah. You know, like shit. That's their escape. Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, so I think with Mickey, yeah, he was just really nervous. And uh, and he has really good impro uh, improvisation skills. He does. Uh, he's able to just, you know, you know, when Kramer's struggling, he doesn't say, oh, cut or we'll try it again. He just goes with it. So yeah. he can really adapt to any situation. I think so. And I think that's what got him over. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I got him, uh, I can't. I think her her name's credited, but uh, you know the woman that's sitting on a couch. Oh, Barbara. Yeah, that's his um, that's his fiancee girlfriend. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yes, they get married in uh, season eight in the Yada Yada. Oh yeah, they yeah, do. He marries her. Yeah, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, I oh, know you haven't seen those other episodes in a while. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's that's his girlfriend. Um, but yeah, that's uh, yeah, with Mickey. So that's that's what I think of him. Cool. Um, that's all the secondary characters, I guess, for the waitout. So uh, we'll have one more break, and when we come back, we will tell you where the waitout sits in our list of Seinfeld episodes we have covered so far. If any of today's secondary characters make our top twenty, uh, I don't think we have any listener mail this week, though. No, no, unfortunately. Uh, and uh, I guess we'll just come back and wrap up the episode. Pants are falling apart, huh? You know, when I first met you, Kramer, you used to wear jeans all the time. Yeah, well, I was a different man then. With a different body. <laughs> hey, I got the body of a Todd pre-teen Swedish boy. Welcome back to this week's episode. We are talking about The Wait Out, the penultimate episode from Season 7. Where does the episode appear on your list of episodes we've done so far, Ivan? Uh, out of 93 that we've done so far, Steve, uh, number 80. Okay. So, yeah, not one of the strongest Seinfeld episodes. Uh, I think, like you mentioned before, it's more character-driven. I think the character development and the plots are really well done. Uh, well, the, the character developments, I should say, you know, not not the plot per se. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think the writing overall was pretty average. Um, yeah, it was just, uh, just an episode that I basically watched and I waited basically to end really I mm. mean besides Kramer's little fun subplot there with the jeans and uh, his interaction with Joey and Mrs. Zanfino and, and also George you know trying to become the white knight and you know rescue the marriage and stuff I thought that was fun um, but yeah I, I just found it more lacking than yeah. usual yeah but again the characters were really good Yeah, and it was good to see a couple of high profile uh, actors play some guest spots yeah you know? yeah it was, it was interesting because you know we've done some episodes where you know they have really hadn't much profile recently, but no, it's good to see a couple of, you know, yeah, A-grade celebrities. Yeah, it was yep. good. I mean, was Deborah Messing super well-known before Will and Grace? I mean, that was her breakout role, but yeah. I can't oh. recall anything she was in prior. Oh, I th- I'm sure she was in a few other things, yeah. but yeah, th- yeah. But Will and Grace was her breakout. Yeah. For sure. But Kerry Earls already had an established career yeah. in the 80s. But he was so. never like an A-lister actor. He was always sort of like 
be, you know, he wasn't like a star star. No, 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 no. But yeah, he had some lead roles. He did, yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. But yeah. 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 Okay. How about you? Yeah, look, I'm 82. 82, okay. So yeah, pretty close. close. Yep, yep, uh, yep. Pretty yep, similar yep. reasons. I like some of the scenes. I like yep. a few of the jokes, but it's funny, like, usually episodes uh, this low I describe as being mostly average with some highlights. Yes, yes. I thought that the, you know, if I was to weigh up the time that I thought was good versus the time that I thought was average, I would say that it was weighted in the time, like, the good sort of chunk. But it was just forgettable. It was weird. Yeah. It was like, it wasn't average or bad. It was just, meh. Yeah. I, I just didn't care, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. The quality of the show, the episode was high, but I just cared. I just didn't care about it. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? No, I understand. Yeah, yeah usually I yeah. don't care or I rank it low because I think the episode is weak. Yeah. I don't think that this was a weak episode. I just didn't care about it. Didn't care about it. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's we strange. aren't committed to do every episode of this show, so, you know, you've you got, got to get the good with the bad. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, do any of the secondaries make your top 20? Nah. Nah, me, me either. Yep. Uh, but i got to say, Mickey is still in my top 20, but he was put in, you know, in his What's the Deal with episode. He's currently number 19. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, but no, none of the others, unfortunately. Um, so, that was the wait out. Uh, no listener mail this week, unfortunately. I no. mean, we've had a few tweets and stuff, but no, nothing. Nothing worth mentioning. Oh, well, if you have tweeted us and got in contact with us during the week, thank you very much. Uh, it's really nice to hear from you, as always. Um, and next week, we are talking about Season six's The Big Salad, a very... Uh, famous episode a good a big um, salad big salad and uh, references to oj simpson and stuff as well kramer mm-hmm. trying to you know get that baseball player you know or football player or whoever it is away uh it's a very memorable scene and uh yeah that should be a good one uh, my name's ivan and i'm Stephen. you can find us anywhere you can on social media uh, facebook twitter and instagram at b-i-d-w-b-a-s-c uh, our website's currently under construction but uh you can find our website on those platforms uh, also you can f- support us on Patreon patreon.com forward slash Bidwabask and uh, we have an email address Stephen what is it uh, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C podcast at gmail.com uh, links to all of our socials and emails and Patreons and all of the above will be in our show notes as well as uh, links to the Seinfeld news that I talked about at the top of the episode and uh, that's it so we'll catch you all next week yeah thanks again and uh, we'll catch you then I said sit down.